0: Section Thirteen of the English Restoration and Louis the Fourteenth by Osmond Airy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter X. Louis and the Spanish Netherlands. Number One: Negotiations with De Witt. It was obviously of importance to Louis to secure at least the benevolent neutrality of the Republic should he decide to carry out his enterprise on the spanish netherlands de witt in like manner was looking round for support in case the personal antipathy of charles the second and the rivalry between the dutch and english should lead to a renewal of war while foreseeing a moment when he might have upon his frontier no longer the nerveless power of spain but the victorious armies of france he was anxious to avoid the chance of this force being turned against the Republic. Under these feelings, a treaty was easily concluded in April 1662, whereby France and the Republic guaranteed each other's European possessions with their commercial and maritime interests and arranged for mutual defence if attacked. Liberty of fishing was reciprocally granted and france agreed to levy no more import duties upon dutch shipping de witt's immediate object however was by all means to keep the spanish low countries as a barrier between the united provinces and the oncoming power of france but he could take no overt step until louis had acknowledged the designs which he had already guessed to secure this acknowledgment became therefore the object of his diplomacy Three plans had been put forward for the treatment of the Spanish Low Countries. Richelieu had favoured the plan of cantonment, by which they were to be formed into an independent Catholic Republic. Mazarin was bent upon their becoming part of the French Dominions. The Dutch had more than once suggested equal partition with France. But as the power of France grew more threatening the Dutch, in their anxiety to have her amicum sed non wiccanum, leaned more and more to the plan of cantonment, and even affected to listen to a fourth proposal by Spain, that the ten Spanish provinces should form a defensive league with the Republic. Louis was as anxious to avoid a premature disclosure of his design as de Witt was to extract it the astuteness of the grand pensionary however secured the first diplomatic success he formally pressed upon louis various solutions of the difficulty especially that of partial cantonment by which france and the republic should each take the strategic towns on their respective frontiers while the rest of the country became an independent republic he represented that the great dutch towns tempted by the spanish promises of wide commercial privileges were so eager for the defensive league just mentioned, that he should not be able much longer to withstand the clamor, and he declared that however friendly he might personally be to French interests, he could not actively assist them until Louis's intentions were distinctly expressed. After many months of diplomatic fencing he was rewarded. For once off his guard, Louis permitted Destrade, the French ambassador, to place the devolution claim formally before de witt de witt having unmasked louis at once changed his tone he replied that the claim founded upon a purely local custom of brabant could not be entertained for a moment and in spite of Louis's haughty anger he exposed his reasons for so treating it in a most able historical memoir then coming boldly to the point he declared that a pursuance of the design would drive him to accept the spanish league moreover he said the emperor now contracted to the infanta possessed a claim of at least equal right in the eyes of europe and he should be ready therefore to entertain proposals from vienna firm however as was de witt's tone he was surrounded by difficulties the activity of the partisans of the house of orange was daily increasing and he knew that the acceptance of the spanish league would excite their most vehement opposition and imperil his own power he was however released from the need of fully declaring himself by the action of the principal towns which refused to concur in the plan of partial cantonment on the special ground that the continuance of the closure of the by which measure the trade of their great commercial rival antwerp had been effectually crippled was not provided for freed from the necessity of further entertaining the french scheme de witt now succeeded in convincing the towns of the inadvisability of accepting the spanish proposal he thus secured a full knowledge of the ultimate objects of louis without being bound to any definite course louis too was well satisfied the spanish league had been the one thing he feared and that danger was past the republic was for the time driven to inaction he himself was sure of his own power to strike when the proper moment should come and though the devolution claim had been unhesitatingly rejected by de witt the great advantage had been gained of making it familiar to men's minds he now pursued his design in another quarter number two death of philip iv rejection of the french claims louis and spain day by day spain was falling into greater decrepitude her treasury was exhausted her armies unequipped and inefficient her navy had practically ceased to exist her diplomacy was despised The failure to reconquer Portugal became ever more apparent, and she was even compelled to stand idle while the Moors insulted her coasts with impunity. Philip IV looked forward with acute pain to the disruption which threatened his kingdom. It was more than doubtful whether his infant son should survive himself. The unhappy boy appeared, indeed, in his physical infirmities, to be no inappropriate symbol of the condition of the monarchy to which he was heir at four years of age he was still at his nurse's breast his head was not properly formed neither his hair nor teeth were grown he was unable to walk without assistance and he was incessantly subject to fevers eruptions and bleedings philip had determined to secure what support he could for the tottering monarchy by marrying the young infanta Margaret Elizabeth to the Emperor Leopold, naming her at the same time heir to the monarchy should the male line become extinct, to the exclusion of all other claims, and the contract was signed on december eighteenth, sixteen sixty three. The news of the intended marriage had been announced to Louis in May. He coldly replied that he trusted it would entail no conditions prejudicial to his interests affairs in the portuguese war had meanwhile been going from bad to worse on january eighteenth sixteen sixty three the spaniards had been severely beaten in great measure through the generalship of the frenchman Schomburg, and the valour of the english contingent the campaign of sixteen sixty four though not marked by any decisive battle was little less disastrous in sixteen sixty five a final effort was determined upon and carasena esteemed the best spanish general of the day was called from his governorship of the low countries to take the command nothing however could stay the ever hastening descent on june seventeenth was fought the great and decisive battle of villa viciosa resulting in the utter defeat of the spanish army the blow killed philip the fourth he let the despatch which brought the tidings drop from his hand exclaiming it is god's will and daily and visibly fell to his grave he died on september seventeenth sixteen sixty five spain however still possessed men who refused to accept all as lost upon the removal of caracena the low countries had been placed under the marquis of castel Rodrigo, skilful enterprising and devoted to his country he determined so far as the want of money or decent government at madrid would allow to place his province in a condition to meet an attack from france to create a chain of forts which should replace those which the peace of the pyrenees had put into french hands and in every way to expel french influence were his great objects his first general order forbade the inhabitants to wear the french dress or to follow the french fashion of the hair not until he applied to the emperor for leave to raise troops in germany did he give louis an excuse for interference the use of the conditions inserted in the treaty of westphalia and of louis's bond with the german princes was at once apparent he wrote to those whose territories blocked the road into the low countries urging them to refuse a passage to the troops and at the same time made such vehement complaints at madrid that orders were sent to castel rodrigo to drop this part of his plans the governor then proceeded to carry out a long contemplated scheme by the peace of the pyrenees louis had acquired a free passage across the lys at st benon to render this acquisition useless Castel Rodrigo determined to turn the course of the river by a canal starting above the town which would have left it high and dry and placed a new water defence between him and france once more however louis complained at madrid and once more the harassed and enfeebled court gave way the terms of philip the fourth's will were looked to with utmost anxiety by louis they were found to justify that anxiety to the full the succession was left first to the young prince charles and his descendants then to the infanta and her children not a word was said as to the french claims but the dowry provided by the treaty of the pyrenees was to be paid in full had louis hands been free he would doubtless now have pressed his devolution claim to the low countries which the spanish council had unanimously rejected but he was for the moment embarrassed He was at war with England in compliance with his treaty of April 1662 with the Dutch. He was, too, engaged in a diplomatic dispute with Sweden and in a quarrel with the Pope, and complications had arisen in Savoy. He again saw himself compelled to wait. End of section 13.